Race matters. 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 I'd like to acknowledge that we are broadcasting on unceded Gadigal land. This land has been in the hands of generations of Gadigal custodians for thousands of years before us, and it will continue to be in their hands long after us. It's a meeting place for sharing knowledge, stories and song, and we are privileged to be a part of that storytelling today and every day at FBI Radio. I pay my respects to Gadigal elders past and present. We're broadcasting from Redfern right now, the birthplace of black theatre in this country and a site for resistance and resilience for First Nations peoples. Welcome to Race Matters. This is a show hosted by people of colour, speaking with people of colour about the ways we understand and value our racial identities. I'm Sada Khan and today on the show, we're going to hear from Celeste Carnegie. I caught up with her about a recent incident that happened on the Ivy Park social media. If you don't know, Ivy Park is the business, the clothing business owned by Beyonce and a bit of blackfishing went down on that account this week. So me and Celeste unpack all of that our faves when our faves become a little bit problematic how we kind of reconcile with that ourselves so that's all going to be going down on the show later on in the show but first I want to pose a question to our listeners particularly our POC listeners and that's what is the rudest thing a stranger has ever said to you and this is kind of taking a note out of Ajali's playbook from his track Hotlines Eyes up to the heavens ignoring stop sign blowing my credit on microaggression hotline I never said it which came off his latest EP and on that track he's kind of created this hotline account that you know black people can call into and kind of have a vent about microaggressions that they experience on the daily with white people. And I wanted to kind of, let's kind of set something similar to that up where I want to hear from our POC audiences, our black audiences about the rudest thing a stranger has ever said to you. And you know that it's been a racial microaggression. I had one incident happen to me um, and I, it came up for me recently this week. It's something that I've kind of blocked out, but it's definitely something I laugh about now. Um, and it was when I was at a, a place in the area, <laughs> I could say where, but I just recently moved to Sydney. I went to this place. I went, I wanted to go sign up to their gym. And when I went in, um, I'd gone in with, um, and it was, I was with an ex partner at the time and we had walked in and the woman at the counter saw me and I said, oh, she's like, oh, what, what, do you, like, what can I do for you today? I said, oh, I want to inquire about your gym prices. Um, and she says back to me, oh, okay. And do you want to sign your, your child up as well for any of our classes? I went, my child. And she replied, yeah, your, your, your child. You want to, we have like children's classes as well. Like, oh, I don't have a child. And she said back to me, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I thought I saw you walk in with a pram. Um, so that was like one just strange thing. The first, that was one. That was part one. The, the second part was when as we were going through the gym prices, um, she had, I, you know, they were all quite reasonable. And then I asked about personal training and the woman said back, um, 
oh, these are our personal trading prices. I was like, oh, no, nah, those are a bit too expensive for me. Can't afford them. Um, let me have a think on it. And her response was, well, why don't you just train to become like study, go and study to be a personal trainer. And then you don't have to worry about the prices. I was so confused. And I said, what do you mean study to be a personal trainer? She goes, you know, like you could study. It could be a good thing for you to work towards. And then you would um, become a personal trainer. And then these prices won't mean much to you. I said, why, why would I go and study this? I want someone to do it for me. That's the whole point. She goes, yeah, but it could be something for you to work towards. I go, what do you mean something for me to work towards? I don't need to work towards anything. She goes, no, I'm just saying it could be a good career goal for you. This is in the space. This woman has known me for all of two minutes. And I, that's when I realized, oh, you think I'm some unemployed, lost little black girl. That's what you think. You think that I've got no direction in life and you about to mentor me. That was, and obviously that's not what she said directly, but indirectly that's all of them tones. I've had them, those situations palmed off, palmed off to me by white people on the reg, especially in high school growing up, someone always looking to mentor me and guide me because I had zero understanding of how to, you know, navigate my education, my educational goals or anything like that. Not like my mother is a teacher full time, you know, just these like assumptions placed upon me and I was just sitting there at the moment I was like would you have ever posed that same question to a non-black person would you have said to them you know if they were asking about gym prices and personal training prices and they'd said oh this is a bit too expensive for me would you have said to them oh this could be a good career goal for you I don't see that sis I don't see that happening I don't see that happening and um I said back to her when she said it could be a good career goal for you I go oh well I'm I think I'm right there because I have two degrees and advanced diploma and I work in one of the highest educational institutions in the country. So I think I'm right. <laughs> when I tell you the face, the face on it, super satisfying. It was like a lot of energy from me, but the face that dropped on it, oh, mwah, chef's kiss. Mwah, so good. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah, I, then I walked out and I turned to my partner at the time and I said, um, was that? And he goes, yep, that was all racism. That was full race. She fully just thought you, you were just some like, you know, single mother. She assumed you had a child to begin with. <laughs> and then on top of that, she, you coming in as a customer, trying to inquire about prices. She took it as an opportunity to guide you into career goals. What? Yeah. So that was my little, um, that's my little, what's the rudest thing a stranger has ever said to you situation. I would love to pose this question now to our POC black audiences, our peoples. What is the rudest thing a stranger's ever said to you? But, and you knew that was a microaggression. You knew that this was a little, you know, little touch of little hints of racism in there. What did that look like? Text us on 0409-945-945 or hit us up on our Instagram. Get into our DMs about it. Use it as some therapy, whatever it looks like. We'd love to know. That's race underscore matters. That's our Instagram handle. So hit us up there. And if you write it, or if you don't. You're listening to Race Matters. I'm Sada Khan. And this week I caught up with Celeste Carnegie about a recent incident that went down on Beyonce's Ivy Park Instagram account. 
So we have Celeste Carnegie on the phone with us to catch up about oh things that we are just asking, begging the question, make it make sense. And that is a recent post by Ivy Park, the clothing business owned by Beyonce, where they've recently posted up two models wearing Ivy Park gear. But what they must have missed is that these two models who they must think are black are actually white women posing as black women. They are black fishing. And we've just kind of like given um, Celeste the rundown on it. What are your reactions, sis? Um, what was the reason? <laughs> what was the reason? <laughs> what was the reason? You know, because when I when I was on Instagram the other day, I saw that. I saw that come up on my feed, but I didn't think anything. I didn't even look. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because I knew that Ivy Park was on their marketing, their marketing, <laughs> their campaign journey. <laughs> you know, their campaign trail. So I, I felt like I just, I just keep scrolling. Um, yeah. Because unless it's not, if, unless it's a photo of Beyonce, I don't really stop. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I did, however, stop and and because I, I only thought I had one in that moment when I was scrolling. Was I didn't like the shoes that they were wearing in the photo? Right. <laughs> but, but you were very much convinced, yeah. like you weren't sitting there questioning whether or not these women were actually black, like because the thing no. with black fishing has gone so far that it's like these white women posing as black women and they're making themselves so like racially ambiguous it's so that believable. it's really yeah it's yeah. so believable yeah it's really also, dangerous they're not close up to the camera I either you know they've got braids in they got big you know they got big curly hairs like I've just looked, I just yeah I didn't even look twice to be honest yeah I well that's the thing I didn't either <laughs> yeah. until I saw um another page on Instagram reshare it um, and they unveiled that obviously neither of these women are of colour, neither of these women are black, they're both white women that are, you know, don't themselves in aesthetics that are seemingly black, you know, like very curly Afro-like hair, they've darkened their skin, all of the things, all of the aesthetic things that belong to black women, they have altered their body to have. And I mean... (sighs) This is the thing about black fishing. There's a lot of people that do not understand what black fishing is and why it's a problem either. Yeah. And yep. obviously, like, there's a whole other conversation here with the actual social media of Beyonce, of, of Ivy Park. Like, I would think you have enough money. Why couldn't you have found a social media manager that would have investigated this a bit more before posting it. I don't know. Or maybe they're just seeing what's what they're tagged in and they're going like, oh, yeah, reshare. They're not really thinking twice about it. Yeah, I don't, maybe they weren't, you know, maybe they weren't. But I think it's 2020, you know, and there's, and there's so many things that could go wrong um, in, in the age of social media. That's, you know, you have to be, um, you know, vigilant about Yeah. Vigilant, vigilant, vigilant about these things. I don't think that this is like a fault of Ivy Park because like, I'm sorry, but it was very believable that these women were of colour. I know, I know. And unless you really, you know, dive deep into that and you go on that rabbit hole and you end up on somebody's stage or someone else's stage, or, you know what I mean? You really go down that hole and you don't really, you don't really think twice. I mean, I didn't think twice and I'm a avid, uh, I'm beehive, you know what I mean? I'm 100% <laughs> beehive all the way. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and that's the other thing too is that do we give these stages a pass purely because it is a Beyonce it is a Beyonce brand. Mm. You know what I mean? Do mm. we not, you know, do we assume that she could never do wrong? Yeah. But then why would we assume that? Because she's only human. Well, this is the same thing with Rihanna with the look, Savage yeah, look, Fenty yeah, show. Look what happened to Rihanna. Yeah, yeah. Like it so, really made you like yeah. it really. It was really kind of a 
slap in the face for me as well as like a, you know, staunch Rihanna fan, a staunch Fenty consumer that like, oh, that's right. um, Rihanna will make grand mistakes. But I like, you know, we always talk about um, cancel culture on this show and, you know, Mm. really try and cut down the line um, of it to explain what it actually is. And what we always say is that like, if you apologize after the fact, like no one's saying that you're not allowed to make mistakes. Yeah. That's not the thing. It's just like, you know, what are you doing after the fact? Yeah, like what's the change behaviour and how do yeah, rather than just the apology, how do you rectify that situation? Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, and I know that, um, you know, maybe, maybe Beyonce, I know that Beyonce would just have an account manager for, for the Harabi Pass account they'd just be doing it all. I mean, she's a busy lady and I don't think managing a social media account is really something that she would be... <laughs> no. Heavily involved in, (laughs) you know, probably not even her own account. Let alone the Ivy Park account. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm sure that she would have weekly meetings to to be updated. Um, But you know, in terms of monitoring every single post that goes up on Ivy Park, I don't think that's part that's part of her, um, you know, task in the day. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) but in saying that, somebody's getting fired. Somebody's getting fired. terrible for this you person know. because you know what i believed it too sis i believed it too but maybe not fired maybe just given a very harsh warning because you know beyonce don't play about her about her brand and her, and her products and what she sells you know what i mean and her and the talent even so i don't know i feel like I, you know the older i get and the older that beyonce gets the more i feel like i'm disconnected from her <laughs> <laughs> you know like you know i remember going to see her in melbourne and me and my sister were like right up the back, like right up the back at, at um, Rod Laver Arena. I mean, yeah. it's not a very big arena. We were right up the back, you know, and Beyonce comes out and I'm like, just start like crying hysterically. <laughs> like, I'm like, Beyonce, it's Beyonce, she's here. And I was missing the whole thing because I was crying. My sister's like, you're missing it. I said, I think you're right, you're missing it. Oh, and there's all these white people around me who were like laughing and shit. And I was like, you don't even understand. You like, shouldn't you know, even be woman. here. Nah. Yeah, she definitely can. I mean, that's what happens when, as we grow older and so do um, the people that we, you know, the, you know, public persona people that we hold in self, you know, high esteem, they, um, they become more real to us as well. We start to see all of their faults Mm, too, mm, which mm. I think is good. Like, you know, I think it's good for us to see these people that are such, you know, contributors to pop culture, I think it's good for us to see them as human and see them as making mistakes because that no one yeah. is no no one is shielded from like accountability. No, exactly. And I, I know that there's another way to say it, but I just anything. can't think of it right now. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I feel like I get you. I get you. But I feel yeah, like this pandemic sort of say anything is that weird that the celebrities are like irrelevant. Mm, for sure. <laughs> then, then, then you're not needed. You oh, know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you know. So I, I just, you know, because everyone's been relying on each other to get through these hard times. So Yeah, um, yeah. You know, but, um, we haven't been able to interact and engage with celebrities in the way that we that we usually do. So. Yeah. I think what they've done as well, like, you know, with us seeing these kind of mistakes happen is 
they open up great um, spaces for conversations to be had around topics that probably wouldn't even like enter into anyone's minds ever and this yes, one is definitely yes. much open up the conversation around blackfishing like what is it why is it such a problem why it needs to stop put down the bondi sands bottle <laughs> exactly but you know but you know when you fairly think about it though and then there's another side to this blackfishing like you look at the kardashians right mm. like and, and and their energy that they put into trying to look like black women yeah. you know what i mean but they are endorsed by so many black people yeah you know, like so, it's like where where's the line, and and who, you know, who who is, um, I guess, accountable to that? You know what I mean? Like, where do we? How do we have these conversations, and how do we pull them up when they're when um, you know? So we want to pull Beyonce up, but we do. Are we going to do the same and have that same energy for the two girls that are actually black Christian? Exactly, exactly. You know what I mean? But yeah. then we can we can be angry about that, but then we're still going to let these Jenners and Kardashians be out here running their game. Yeah. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And ripping yeah. off black women on the daily. Mm. And that's okay. Mm. But this isn't. So, you know, it's just like, where's where's the line? And, um, you know, when do we hold someone accountable to that? Because that whole industry is based off of black fish and that whole industry is based off appropriating black women and their and their ideas and their creativity and, and, and their aesthetic. Exactly. And that's the thing. When does the buck stop and who does it stop with? Because there's a lot of people that are doing the exact same thing, but no one's ever, you're all still kind of consuming their content. You're still kind of liking their posts and resharing their content without any type of critical thinking. And we have this conversation a lot. Like Celeste and I talk about this a lot, how, you know, there's a lot of, there's a very strong lacking of like critical thinking skills from a lot of people. Critical analysis. Critical analysis. Yeah. And I get it. It's not easy. It's not, it's not an easy thing to do. Like there's a lot of unlearning you got to do to get there. (laughs) Takes up a lot of your time. It does. It does. Um, sometimes it's, it's easier to not critically engage. I get it. <laughs> yeah. And I wish I could do, you know how much I wish I could do that. But at the same time, I'm like, well, where does that leave me then? You know? Mm. Uh, I, and then I think, well, I would actually rather be alert and be awake than to, to, to be walking around ignorant. Yeah. Well, there's no growth there. There's no growth in that space. There is. There's no growth. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, how, okay, how, where did we start? Yeah. Ivy oh, Park. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, can we just have one day, please? One day, please. <laughs> yeah, one day. It is exhausting out here. <laughs> oh, TG. Oh, but, you know, like we, like, I think the biggest thing from this and what we always talk about is that, like, consumers, like the people that are looking at all of this content and engaging with it, like it's up to the consumers to be critical on what they're immersing immersing themselves with, what they're doning themselves with, you know, what they're looking at on the daily. Like, is this correct? Is the, are these people and are these companies coming correct? Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I mean, I don't, I don't own any, I don't actually own any Ivy Park. It's way too expensive for me. Um, <laughs> you know, and I have like it's like a, I get wild because I'm also like Beyonce sends all these like packages out to these celebrities, and I'm like, but they can pay for it. Mm, mm. <laughs> they have money to pay for it. That's another conversation. You know, um, yeah, I'm beehive to the day I die. Well, I hope so. But, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Even though I've got a border stuff. Still aspects, 
Yeah, there's still aspects of Beyonce. Like, this, like throughout my whole journey of loving Beyonce, I've had moments where I'm like, oh, she's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I talk about, I talk about it. You know, this is just an example, but you know, it's like there's, there's like a there's like a spectrum when you're on the beehive. There's people who feel like platinum beehive, and there's people who are like just starting out. You know, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and if you and if you're platinum beehive, like you know this woman for, from you know from her from her head to her tail. It's like <laughs> so, we need Celeste to um, create like a beehive scale for us. Like the levels that you go through <laughs> on the pyramid to reach before oh gosh, you can get yeah, to platinum. What can. do you have to do? What you have to subscribe to? What you have to? How many years have have um, you had to be committed? You need to create like I a look. visual for us. <laughs> Let's just say I, uh, you know, I, I purchased every CD album, every DVD concert, every documentary. You know, I've, I learned every single step and every single piece of choreography she had. You know, I know her teams, her creative directors. You know what I mean? Like her chore- her dancers, who are ca- captain of the dancers are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it gets down to these levels. You know which which version of which live con- concert is which. You know. You know what belongs where, what year she wore this certain hairstyle, what year she had her hair coloured that certain hairstyle. Yes, yes, You know yes. the timeline where she is in her career based on what she was wearing, her style or her hair, or even the makeup she <laughs> had on. You know what I mean? Like, it gets down. You know exactly where she messed up in her routine, but no one else will. Oh. Well, do not ever drop <laughs> you, anything you, that you, you think you know sing, about you Beyonce in front of Celeste. Like <laughs> But you know, I'm not. I'm. I'm not willing. Really, I still understand that people don't like her. So, you know, I've, I've got to be gone to a fight one time with a fellow who said he didn't like Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, come on, let's <laughs> come on, let's go. Yeah, you put him up. Come on. It's <laughs> <laughs> up here. Nah, but you know, and then sometimes I'm like, wow, it's such a weird obsession with a person. Like she's just a woman. <laughs> <laughs> is she but, though? Know, I think if anything, is she I though, Celeste? Work ethic. Is she though? I know. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. I would like to keep that question up in the air. I feel like she's one we can still hold up there. <laughs> oh, you know. But it was more so just. A, it was also a way for for me and my family to um, engage with each other because we were, you know, we love dancing and we love singing and you know, blah blah blah. Yeah. And Beyonce was that um, that pinnacle of like we want to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. For a lot of you know, for a lot of young yeah. black girls, yeah. Yes. So, you know, but then you get into things. You know, there's other conversations around Destiny's Child, and you know, you look at Kelly Rowland's talent and and her career compared to Beyonce's, and you think, well, really, the only variable here is the fact that she's dark skinned. Yeah, so, and that's something that's been know, addressed you start, you a number of things about those things. Yeah, well, that's something that's been addressed a number of times, especially in Black Twitter as well, around the, you know, the colorism of that industry and where, you know, mm. and and one of those kind of case studies was Beyonce and Kelly Rowland. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Matthew Knowles, Beyonce's father, said it himself. Yeah. And he managed those girls for a very long time. Mm, mm. Yeah, that's right. You know, well, so... Thank you so much for lending your voice <laughs> to the Beyonce conversation for problematic things happening during the week of Race Matters. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I could really tell you how Beyonce helped me find my, find my inner woman. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. I don't know what other people are saying about it, but anyway. Yeah. This ain't gonna be easy. That's 
all for this week. I'm Sada Khan. And I'm Tanya Ali. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Tanya. Oh, my God. We have made it nearly to the end of 2020. So, so close. This is our second last episode of the year. Yeah. What a year it has been. It has. I mean, there's so much to unpack. I did a recent thing over at Brecky this week where we looked at everything that happened, all the big events that happened that wasn't COVID, and it just felt like it was every single day. So I totally understand everyone not doing the bare minimum at work at the moment do you reckon if covid hadn't happened this year it would still be a year where we looked back on it and were like whoa that was a horrible year i think black people would have yeah that's very true <laughs> very true i think white people would have probably been a li- little less engaged with what happened in june um with black lives matter having a global resurgence but other than that, I, f- I feel like it would have just been a year where people of colour, black people, Indigenous peoples would just, again, like, oh, all right, <laughs> very funny 2020. Um, and, yeah, I don't know how much um, non-POC people would have felt the fatigue from this year, to be mm. honest, especially with, like, what we saw in the over-policing of communities from COVID. Um, yeah, that's just my opinion, though. <laughs> Look, that's what we we're here for here on Race Matters. <laughs> I mean, what if you if you're if you're coming here for anything less, you're lost. Exactly. <laughs> Sarah, we're gonna do something fun uh, to celebrate our last show next week that we want to get you hyped for. Uh, we ask every single guest who comes on to Race Matters a question every week, and we've been doing the same in 2020. What is that question? That question is, when did you realize there was power in your race? So you're going to hear from all of our guests, answer their question, answer this question. And I'm so excited to hear this back because when we interview all of the amazing people that um, we get to share the space with and they give us their answer to that question, it's always a different feeling every time. Their answers are so incredibly layered, so incredibly diverse it's just it's such an amazing representation of what this show is and so I to hear it all back I'm like I'm, I feel like I'm gonna get really gonna get really overwhelmed I feel like I might cry oh my god last year we did a 2019 retrospective where we uh kind of put all of those answers in an episode which you can listen back to at fbradio.com forward slash race matters and it, yeah the power of hearing them all in a row and the massively divergent like answers but all so moving and Mm. powerful. Like, I just feel like I didn't take a breath the entire time that, like, any time I listened to that episode. So I feel like it'll be the same. I might cry too. Yeah. Why not? Oh, well, there's definitely moments where those answers have been given and I've been like, I'm not crying. And there's nothing in my eye. (laughs) There's nothing in my throat. (laughs) I feel like I know that definitely when I was, um, I think it was um, Nessa Turnbull Roberts called me out on my, like... (laughs) like me holding back my tears when we were in the studio and I was interviewing her and she, as she was talking, I was just sitting there listening and she, and she just looked at me and she's like, and I know you holding back them tears right now, sis. And I was like, why would you do that? Why would you call me out like that? <laughs> I love her for it though. Oh, so good. 
And also, um, just a reminder as well, we posed a question at the start of the show and that was, what is the rudest thing a stranger has ever said to you and you knew that it was a microaggression against your race? What did that look like? Remember to text us on 040... Nine nine four five nine four five. Tangle's looking at me right now. Like, come on, Sarah, say that number. Say it. I know you remember. You it. know it. You know <laughs> it. You say it every week, Sarah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but yes, please text us on 0409-945-945 or hit us up in our DMs. Our Instagram handle is race underscore matters. So share them stories out to us. Use it as a venting session. Fill up in DMs. We want to hear what those stories are. Oh, I cannot wait. This is going to be so cathartic. <laughs> so cathartic. Because I definitely like think of that. When I saw that question for the first time, what was the rudest thing a stranger has ever said to you? I just immediately started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> It's so absurd. Your story at the start of the episode was wild. Yeah, it was just like, oh, another day, another day. Yeah. <laughs> but that is all for Race Matters this week. Don't forget that you can catch up on this week's episode at fbiradio.com forward slash race matters or wherever you get your pods. Catch you next week. Race Matters. 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 Race matters.